Everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk 1071. I'm Stephanie March, and I am here with Ms. Molly Herman. Howdy. This morning, who is uh, Kitchen of the Market Maven. I'm going to double down on the Maven I like, thing. I like it. Yeah. And uh, and she's filling in for Shanson, who is up north doing things. I don't know what she's doing. If she's if it's just raining out there. Out. She's puttering in her garden while it's raining. Yeah, maybe. There's a lot of zucchini coming out of her. <laughs> That's what I heard. 20 to 30 feral zucchinis. <laughs> feral invading zucchinis. Her Should we lawn. have a feral vegetable meme? I know. Let's maybe. Get, get started on that. I know. Somebody has to. I'm sure somebody already has. Probably. There's plenty of 30 to 50 feral memes a week. Uh, so anyway, this is the time where we're going to talk about the two favorite things to swing. It's time for top two in hour two. Give him the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now the Weekly Dish presents top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In hour two. All right, give me two with him, with him, with him. All right, these are, these are the things that maybe are kind of under our skin or we're super happy about, we want to shout out about and share. So what do you got? What's your first one? My first one is, you know how we were just talking about how like August is upon us, the state fair is upon us. Yes. Uh, and I realized like we haven't done a lot of summery things. You haven't? It feels like we haven't. Yeah. And so Thursday night we went and played some tennis and then we went to get some Nelson's ice cream. Oh, and that's your jam? Well, I had never been to the one on Snelling. I've been to the one in Stillwater and they've been around since like 1923. Yeah. But here's the crazy thing. It, first of all, it's cash only. So if you go, it's at Snelling and like Randolph? Is it right around there? Uh, I think it's Randolph. It's right, it's it right next to yep. Plums. Next to what? Plums Neighborhood Bar. Um, Randolph. Yep. yep there Randolph. it is. Okay. It's by the punch. Look too. at my brain working. Yeah. The original so, punch. Uh, it was a pretty long line. They're open till like 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. It is an astounding amount of ice cream for $5. Oh, really? Like you get a single. Do not even think that you're going to get a double or triple. We were with two teenage boys, and AJ got a single in a cup. Yeah. I ate some of his, and he still couldn't finish it. Wow. Like, it is a lot of ice cream. So, yeah. bang for your buck. It was a nice summer thing to do. We sat outside and, you know, sat outside as it was getting dark. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, it's summer. That's kind of nice, right? Yeah. That's yeah. a little bit of a thing. We've been talking a lot about ice cream this year on the show. I don't know why. Like, I feel <laughs> like we're in this weird ice Are cream moment. I don't know. It's, I mean, like we've, you know, we always talk about it in the summer, obviously, but I feel like this year with Hanson's black licorice, like obsession. And I don't know. And I was making it like, I've been making it like crazy. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Your Nutella ice cream. Yeah. AJ wants in on that, by the way. Yeah. You need to, it's, you just do the base, but here's what I'm going to tell you about the Nutella stuff. Don't put the whole small jar in. Right. Cause it's is too, it more like half. Uh, I would do half. Okay. Yeah. I just, I haven't. Uh, I did it two twice with like all of it and it was too much. It's just the emulsification doesn't yep. freeze. So yep. it's almost like a soft serve, but it's also just goopy. like eating cold Nutella, which is right. A lot. Okay. Good to know. Good to a know. A lot. Okay. So that's good. That's your Nelson's first one. ice cream. Nelson's ice cream in St. Paul and also still water. Yep. Um, my first one is going to be this really stupid thing on the internet, which of course I can't stop now. <laughs> And it's called, it's actually a Reddit, (laughs) but it's called Forbidden Food or it's called Forbidden Snacks. And what it is, is like when you see food in, when you see a picture of something and it reminds you of food, it it looks like food. It almost tricks you into being food, thinking it's food, but it's not. I know this sounds strange, but it's like when you see a picture of like makeup in a, you know, sometimes they have like those pictures of like uh, eyeshadow or something, little blocks of it, and t- it looks like brownies. And you're like, that looks like a brownie, but it's makeup. 
Right. It's all these weird things of if you look at like a big a big uh, thing of paste, but it but it's like kind of like a like a wallpaper paste that, and it looks to you like peanut butter. And so there's an entire Reddit called Forbidden Snacks, and oh, and it's just hysterical because it's like you can't eat this, obviously, but it's weird, so, and it's just like all of a sudden you start seeing food everywhere the, in weird things. So the Science Museum of Minnesota, yeah, in their like geology room, yeah, they have rocks. That look like food. Yeah. Have you seen those? No. Like, it's like they say that. Like, that's their exhibit. Yeah. Like, it's it's a this little display. And, I mean, they've been... They're, they're rocks that they've sort of made in to look like food. Yeah. But, anyway. It's funny. It's similar. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just... It's this idea that there's weird... Like, and especially because of Instagram. Like, the minute you start to tell your brain that something is... Like, you look at this piece of paper that has been sitting on top of a rusted piece of metal, and you pull it back... And it's got that rusted metal thing. But oh my god, it looks like a piece. Looks of pizza. like a piece of I'm pizza. I'm looking at it now. It yeah. looks like a delicious piece of cheese pizza. Yeah. And so then once you say that and you look at it, you're like, uh, that absolutely tricks me into believing that that is a piece of pizza. And then yeah. all of a sudden, this is one of those holes that you go down where you're just like, all of a sudden you are. So it's forbidden cheese pizza. It's on forbidden snacks, the Reddit, and it's unbelievably like you will flick through this thing and just lose your mind about like forbidden oreo which is actually the <laughs> air conditioner air conditioner dial, dial in your car you know what i mean it's like it's like seeing faces everywhere the, and that is another one by the way okay. faces and everything because the sandwich that i posted this all started because the sandwich that i posted in response to going to see floyd's you know the other week the sandwich that i made someone said hashtag faces in everything or i see faces everywhere and that's another hashtag that's a whole area that where you can see faces in all the things which of course we always do that too but i never think that of course now i'm obsessed with that oh my gosh okay i know well, now you just got me down the rabbit hole i know i'm gosh, telling you if you're looking you, for something Stephanie. too yeah there's a whole uh forbidden cheddar in no way i don't even know what that forbidden is. kiwi a hedgehog without spikes oh no. yeah i know Oh, yeah, there's a cocktail, actually, which is just it's detergent in a glass, you know? Oh, my God. That's crazy. Okay. Yes, okay. If, if you need uh, to waste some time See, on this, this is rainy my day. I'm just saying it's a rainy day. You link. can absolutely do this. You guys are putting the link on Facebook, you said? Yeah, I'll put them up there. Um, okay, what's your second one? Second one. This is something we sort of discovered together at the Travail fundraiser for uh, Gabby's Got This yep. a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Lowry Hill Meats had a little dish and Eric Sather, we were like, what is that on there? And it's Urfa chili, which I had never heard of. It's from Turkey and it's, um, like a, like a chili flake, but it's a little wetter mm. and it has a darker flavor, um, almost tobacco-y or chocolatey, but kind of smoky and they sell it at, uh, Lowry Hill Meats or you can buy it online and Burlap and Barrel, I think has a good one. I'm obsessed with it, though. I've been putting it on everything. Oh, really? Everything. Is it spicy? I can't remember. I bought a no. jar of it, too, but mine is sitting in my fridge. I haven't touched it. It is. Um, it has some heat, but not spicy, if yeah. that makes sense. Like, it's a, a different kind of heat than a black pepper, you know, like black ground pepper, mm -hmm. but not as intense as, like, a red pepper flake. And it just ha adds so much more flavor. Oh, cool. I've been putting it on avocado toast. I put it in a cream sauce. I put it on pizza. Wow. I'm telling you, I'm using it on everything. It's called Urfa. Urfa. So I put some links up uh, 
to Burlap and Barrel, which you can buy it online. Oh, that's online. Or okay. uh, you can go to Lowry Home Meats and pick it up. Black Urfa Chili. It's, it's uh, yeah, gosh. It's delicious. Look at this. Epicurious called it a game-changing spice for home cooks who think they have everything. Game-changer, people. Bon Appetit said Urfa was the one thing I was obsessed with in 2018. I am living proof. Wow. Obsessed with it. I've been literally putting it on everything. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> I love this tasting notes. Raisin, espresso, summer night. Summer night. <laughs> Someone said that. <laughs> Oh well, my god! Okay. Oh, they also say it's kind of identical to the more famous Aleppo pepper. If you're wondering, Aleppo pepper's brighter though. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's more it has a more astringent, and this is like it, it's a darker. Like you could Did you literally read? put this in some brownies, and it would add a gorgeous little note. But you wouldn't like an umami. Taste. Yeah, it says it starts out as a red, sweet, spicy pepper, almost identical to the Aleppo. And then um, the hot, dry days, cold nights, and sandy soil are part of the terroir. But after harvesting, it's cured in the sun, where it changes color from red to black and, and develops in its own f- juices and character uh, flavor profile. Chocolate and dried fruits with a lingering burn. Yeah, woo! It's nice, you guys. You need to get on it. Okay, so it's at Lowry Hill Meats. If you're looking at that, yep. to just go run and pick up a thing of that. And if you have foodies in your life and they need and you need to give them a gift, I'm telling you, this is a great or a hostess gift. This oh. is a this is a good one. This is a good one. Okay, so my second uh, favorite thing is that um, I, this is something I never thought of, and I'm just sort of like sort of shocked about it. Is when you have unripe uh, plums or nectarines or stone fruit, is to instead of sitting there and waiting for them to get soft and juicy and beautiful, chopping them and putting them into a slaw. Yes. Yeah, which I'm sure you and your southern ways are all good with this. This is something that I never thought of. Like peaches, we have some peaches that were too hard and I was like, I'm not going to eat those. Right. And then I and then this is like a thing that I was trolling through and I thought, "Oh my god, I could absolutely slice that up and make and put those into or little mash sticks." Oh, grater. grater. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Like a more slaw sort of yeah. texture. Yeah, I was thinking like matchsticks and then tossing it in with a lot of stuff. But I liked yeah, delicious. this unripe nectarine and unripe peaches was exactly the perfect candidate for that. And mm-hmm. I thought that was, I just am so tired of, because what happens is I think I'm going to let it ripen. And then I basically let it over ripen. And, and then, then I have fruit toast. flies. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. And so um, you can also do like a quick pickle on those that are over or under ripe. Mm-hmm. If you, and it adds a nice little tang to whatever you're and what is your do? quick pickle, like, quick pickle so recipe? I would do, like, with the stone fruit, I'd do, like, apple cider vinegar. Yeah. Um, you can add add a little bit of sugar, like a quarter cup of sugar. Put whatever spices, coriander would be perfect with stone fruit. Um, a little bit of water. And then just bring that to a, a simmer. Turn it off. Put your fruit in. Just let it sit for, like, 30 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and then you're done. Just store it in the refrigerator when you're done. Do you store it in the mix, in the pickle mix? I do. Yeah. It's a good idea. I know I loved it. This one, she, this article I was looking at, she said she recently julienned three like nectarines, uh, rock hard, tossed them into a bowl of thinly sliced shallot and fennel bulb that had been sitting in a punchy blend of salt, chili flakes, and white wine vinegar. Ooh. I know. Then she added a crumble of Danish blue cheese for creaminess and a fistful of fennel fronds for freshness. Well, I want that. Six times fast. Uh, spicy, creamy, crunchy, herby all at once. I really liked that idea, so I might go and make that this afternoon. I was thinking about making um, some fried chicken because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it, but I, now I was hoping that it would clear up and maybe it's still because I'm not frying inside. I'm only frying outside. Right. So now I may need to do that tomorrow. 
Because I don't know if I want rain hitting hot oil on my grill. I think that sounds like a bad idea. I know. So I think, uh, but I'm definitely not frying inside, only outside. But this is a, sounds like a good fresh slaw that I would totally add to that. Yes, so. sounds delicious. All right, we are going to take a quick break, you guys. When we come back. We are talking about. Um, I have a I have a food project for you. I'm excited, and then we're going to talk a little bit about some cookbooks you should get excited for for fall. We'll be right back. This is a weekly dish brought to you by El Burrito Mercado. Hey, Mom, look like I made it. <laughs> That's really funny. I love that. That's a good song. I like that one. Anyway, hey, you're listening to The Weekly Dish. We're back here on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment to entertain you with all the things. All I'm the se- things. All the things. I'm Steph March. I'm Except here with food. Molly Herman. Um, so here is a thing. <laughs> I am sort of, you know, I like projects, right? I mean, I, I really like uh, projects that have to do with... Um, kind of finding out different things that to do with food that I haven't done before. Right. You know, and I was just thinking about it um, in terms of there's, I'm definitely not a vegan person who needs to find ways around. We all know this. I mean, I'm a totally a multivore. <laughs> That's how I think about multivore. it. It's like a multivore. multiverse, like the multiverse um, and the multipass. <laughs> uh, but there is definitely something about um, the different milks that are out there. In terms of people who are avoiding dairy, I understand that that has driven the alternate milk market to go crazy. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about people looking at oat milk. You know, that was the big thing of this year. Everyone talked about oat milk, which, by the way, again, I go back to the fact of God, Good Earth has been doing oat cream, ice cream made from oat milk for 20 years. Yeah. Um, But nonetheless, soy milk, obviously, is a thing that's been out there. For a long time. Do you mm-hmm. ever drink soy milk or you find yourself uh, at all interested? He's a huge soy milk uh, user. He's using regular milk now. Yeah. I'm a coconut milk user. Oh. So in my smoothies, not the canned, but the refrigerated kind, the unsweetened, thinner coconut milk. Okay. That's what I use in my smoothies every morning. Okay. So coconut milk. So you're still looking for that creaminess. Yep. I don't, uh, I don't like to do a lot of milk. I prefer my dairy in the form of cheese. Okay. Uh, I don't like to drink milk. So, because you're not, you just like as that's not been your habit as like a kid growing up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just, I mean, either you're a kid who drank a lot of milk or you're a kid who kind of didn't. And up here, y'all guys drank a lot of milk. We do. We are in it. But I mean, that's a dairy. That's also A, northern and B, Mm -hmm. very dairy. And for sure. And that is something that even in Japan, that was the first time I found butter in my ramen was in northern japan you know mm-hmm. like so that's where the dairy colder, yeah colder that's climates. where they're raising cows sense. in the mountains um and so this is actually an interesting idea about soy milk i found i came across this article about say because here's the thing i don't like about soy milk mm-hmm. is i feel like it's all sweet and you guys know how i feel about <laughs> and you can purchase sweet it everything unsweetened yeah. but you have to look for it harder because you're right most of them are sweetened with like vanilla or chocolate or right. blah, blah 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 right and they kind of even though they are even though even if they're unsweetened the processing of those commercial like brands do incorporate a sweeter nature in fact they're called so here's the deal i ran across this great article uh in in tastecooking.com, which is a, a website that I've sort of started reading because it's really interesting. It's home cook, you know, it's cooking at home, but it's really some really global aspects. It kind of has replaced some things for me. I'll, we'll go into that later. But what I loved about this article was about the Taiwanese approach to breakfast will sell you on homemade soy milk. That's the title. And I think about it in terms of I don't really ever drink milk either, but there's times when I'm making ice cream or I'm doing other things. Sure. And I like that. And then I have milk around and then I kind of think about should I be using it? But I just, again, it's like 
I don't know. It's not I like if I'm going to do a, a breakfast, it's going to be savory. So then milk doesn't really play into that. Right. Because I feel like if you're doing oatmeal or everything else, it gets sweet or really quickly. Or, yeah. That so so I was thinking soy milk is the thing about it is they have uh, a Taiwanese breakfast of, you know, kind of a congee or a stewed rice and then having this soy milk in, but having it be a savory soy milk. Mm-hmm. That to me sounds really and there's a couple there's. Chen, T-N, T-I-A-N, which is sweetened soy milk. But then there's X-I-A-N. I think that's Sean, which is salty and savory. And basically they're saying that the homemade stuff is, you know, the stuff that you buy in the store, the soy milk, you know, the silk or the whatever, that that Taiwanese and Chinese people kind of look at that. That's not even the the same. same. That's not even close to the same product of what actual soy milk is to them. And they have a whole different name for those things. Um, I should have printed this out. But basically they were saying that it's like... um, She's and they're saying that it's like it's a totally different experience and that some some people who grew up in Taiwan drinking soy milk because of that's better, you know, for their for them completely that they would get that stuff in the market in, in American markets. And it was like they couldn't even recognize it as soy milk. Oh, interesting. So that's how different it is yeah. from being homemade. And is it, is it because they have all of these modifiers to keep it shelf stable? Is yes. That what makes and it so a little... it's the, they said it's, and I love this. Um, okay, here it is. It says, whatever you, where, whether you serve it sweetened or savory, the key to making uh, superlative breakfast is uh, using a fresh pack of homemade soy milk. Um, it's the, sort of like the difference between a freshly baked peasant loaf and a bag of Wonder Bread. That's what they said the two differences between that soy milk and wow. their homemade. Yep. Shelf stable store bought soy milk um is often flavored with to vanilla just slightly even to mask the flavor of beans. Um because the beanie soy milk is definitely something that is a, you know, it's a different flavor. Sure. Anyway, so it's kind of interesting I thought about it and it's it's not that hard to make. No. This is the weird thing. It's like you think about it and I think we kind of get into these processed Moments where, like, I've ordered, like, a soy latte, you know, just as a... Sometimes I feel like the soy lattes have a better flavor, like mm-hmm. a little nuttier flavor. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in the winter, I that's what I want. Um, but uh, this is idea of this is, like, how it's... Uh, it's so different from it, but it is accessible and easy. We don't even think about the fact that we could make it at home. Well, and I think, you know, we've made um, nut milks at the kitchen and stuff like that. But I think the biggest hurdle for everybody is that 12-hour soaking time. Right, because you you have to think about it enough ahead to soak it, yeah, so that then you can get all the the juice out of it, right? So that's I think where that convenience factor comes in for a lot of people. But I have a challenge for you: okay. make it homemade and then use the Instapot for soaking the beans. Oh, and see if it speeds up the process. Okay, well, and, and that's the you. challenge is to make soy milk. So yeah. we are. So there's a recipe that. Um, that we have up that we're going to put up. I just lost it. Um, and this is the thing is, is using, um, using, it's basically dried soybeans. And they said that there's, it's, it's basically and water and that's it. Mm -hmm. And then there's filtered, uh, you want to preferably filtered or spring water, uh, plus more for soaking. But basically they're saying that the directions is to rinse the beans and soak in at least four inches of filtered water and cover at room temperature for at least 12 hours or up to two days refrigerated. When the beans are fully soaked, they should split into halves cleanly when pressed between your fingers. One cup should also yield about two and a fourth to two and a half cups fully soaked. 
So that's, I mean, and then they're saying combine the drained beans with five cups of water in a blender, working in batches, process for at least two minutes or until very smooth and foamy. foamy. Pour mixture into a nonstick pan and heat over medium-low heat. Mm -hmm. Cook for 10 minutes, stirring constantly after the first three minutes or so until the bubbles on top are very foamy, like a meringue, and the mixture is almost comes to a boil. Remove from heat, and then you're going to do like a cheesecloth situation, um... And pour the hot soybean smoothie-like mixture over a cheesecloth and let it sit for several minutes to drain and cool. This is interesting. And then press the solids with the spatula against the cheesecloth to drain. Once cool enough, twist up the cheesecloth and squeeze out the colander with your hands, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but then you spread the solids uh, around the ch- and sprinkle half a cup of water around it. Twist it again and squeeze once more. I think the difference from this and and sort of more nut milks is... We never had to cook it. And I think it's because it's a legume. So you're trying to. Um, you don't use... cook the, when you're doing a nut milk. No, it's just like soaking, blending, straining. Okay. So you're just leaching it out. Maybe yeah. I don't know if it's a higher because of this, the oils or if it's because I mean, there's so much. I, I don't know. The, I think with the bean, you probably have to cook it to make it digestible. Yeah, maybe that's true. But it you pour the strained soy milk and they say put it into a large pot and uh, cook it again over medium low heat. Uh, stirring constantly for the first two minutes to avoid sticking or burning. And it should almost come to a boil, but not quite. And it's just saying that uh, it's fully cooked. And that's the total time will just help make it more digestible. So you're right. Yeah. If you like to cook it or keep it hot longer, be sure to just keep stirring it frequently so it doesn't come to a boil or stick to the bottom of the pan. This is interesting to me. I mean, this is like the idea of taking these beans and soaking them. What would you do if you're saying put them in the Instant Pot? What would you do? Like, So because it's dried, right? You're just wanting to... Yeah. Get them soft enough to get everything out of them. So I don't know how much time. I mean, you're you're the Instapot guru uh, in the room at the moment. Yeah, at the moment. And, <laughs> so I don't know. But I think that you could speed up that time by using the pressure and the water in there. Yeah, I wonder. So, I mean, make, right, because make that's how way. the Indian foods, you know, when we're doing dal and lentils and stuff yeah. that normally take 12 hours, you know, doing it in the Instant Pot. I wonder if the Indian pressure cooker pot has i mean there's a great indian recipe indian recipes book indian food book for the instant pot i might look it up in that okay that's good so this is your this is our back and i'm gonna make it i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna make it savory i have to also source soybeans i guess they're dried soybeans soybeans that um i think holy land has them oh yeah yeah okay all right, so that's going to be my. That's going to be my. I wonder, can you get fresh soybeans? I mean, there are. You don't want to use fresh soybeans because then you're just going to be cook. cook that's going to have a different flavor. That's true. You need the dried. Okay. All right, there you go, and uh, that's going to be your project. That's going to be my project, maybe tomorrow if I can make it happen. I just want to see how it works. I just mm-hmm. kind of am interested in that, and maybe if you have someone who is dairy free and needs an alternative for cooking or things like that, that might be a good one. Yeah. Okay. I like it. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the weekly dish. Everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Thanks for joining us today. I know it's kind of a murky day outside. Hopefully it'll clear up for the festivals and the fun that are happening around here. Um, you know, I have to tell you, though, on my run the other day, I was telling that I uh, there were some acorns on the ground and there are some trees out by me that have started to change, which is, for a lot of people, concerning and they want me to stop talking it's right now. sign. But I'm okay with it because, of course, coming into the glory days of fall is one of my favorite things. And part of that is because I feel like I can finally actually really cook more. I feel like I can open my windows and turn my oven on without blowing out my house. But I'm also hungrier for like, and I know that's the psychology of 
<laughs> getting my inner perk up <laughs> yeah. for my cold on months. For winter, fattening up for winter. Let's get that going. So, of course, I'm super excited for the fact that there are the best cookbook releases happen in the fall, I think. Um, so there's some really exciting stuff that is coming out that I wanted to put in your purview. And uh, and then, again, to kind of reintroduce the fact that, hey, guys, we just want to buy more cookbooks and we want to get rid of some of our old ones. So we're, we are definitely trying to think about putting together another uh, cookbook swap for everybody. Yep, so we we'll just see. need to confirm a date. You'll, yep. you'll hear about it here. You will hear about it here first. Uh, so here we go. So some things that are coming that I want to put on your radar. Um, one things that I think are easy or I mean are, are kind of interesting. Um, okay, this is, I think, maybe made exactly for me, which is called uh, Sunny Side Up. Whoops. Oh, yeah. Uh, more than 100 breakfast and brunch recipes from the essential egg to the perfect pastry. I mean, I just need more egg ways to put eggs in my life. We eat a lot of eggs at the Herman household yeah, too, right? Mm-hmm. Do you, now are you on like an are you in an egg rut? Do you feel like you make the same eggs every time? We have a rotation we go through, but yeah, yeah. I mean we make a lot of sunny side up or uh, what do you, you have a word for Jammy it? The, eggs. The, the scree when when you sort of like fry, but you um, poke the yolk. You have a special word for that. I don't Do you not remember this. I call them skitched, but skitched. I, that's what it was. Okay, skitched Scree, eggs. Scree is yeah, like, like gravel, I was like, is sorry. It? <laughs> yeah, skitched eggs when you kind skitched of like eggs. Yeah, break. you like fry, but break the yolk yeah. so you can put it on a sandwich and it doesn't like go everywhere. But it's still not hard boiled. Exactly. Yeah. We do a lot of those. Um, yeah. So the jammy egg is like the number frittata. one thing right now. You love a frittata. We uh, frittata is like our quick weekday dinner sort Good. of thing. Um, the jammy egg is somebody asked about that because we I had that written on my sandwich post. That sandwich was sexy. That was dang sexy because I put jammy eggs on there. Mm-hmm. And someone asked about how to make them, how I do them. And I know Hanson had replied Instant Pot. And it's true that you can do jammy eggs in the Instant Pot, but I've had not as much luck with that. And it's harder on the Instant Pot to get the right exact temp, especially right. because there's the heating up and then there's the cooling down. And when you're doing a mass of them, you have to get it. I, I just, it's harder. I like Instant Pot for hard, hard boiled eggs, but the jammy egg to me is something that so I can tough. easily do in a pot in four minutes. So I'm not going to haul out. So you're four minutes, not five minutes. I'm a four minute egg girl. Four minutes. So yep, go I'm, through the process because everybody has a different way to boil an egg. So I let, I put the eggs in the cold water mm-hmm. and I put the cold water on the stove and I turn the heat on high. And then the minute it starts to bubble, I hit four minutes and then I let it go for four minutes, turn it off. Take the pot over to the sink, dump out the hot water, flush it with cold water right away. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I scoop them up and I put them in a cold water bath, bath. you know, like in a little jar that has cold water. Okay, in so it. you let it sit in the simmering water for four minutes. Yes. Okay. I don't add to hot boiling water because to me that is a crack situation. No, no, no. I, I always start with the eggs cold and, yeah. the, and then add the water. Da, da, da. But usually when it hits that... Um, simmer mm-hmm. i turn it off oh yeah and just put the lid on so it keeps the heat in there yeah and it's not simmering and so you do that time. for five yeah see and then i think with the straight boil four works okay. pretty well I like, yeah i like that i do one my soft boiled eggs the ones that i do with the spoon and the dip mm-hmm. you know the the is just literally a three minute egg mm-hmm. and that's straight up so i guess that's what i'm used to and then i just one more gives you a little bit of a jammier and still able to peel 
You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the key is, is having enough structure that you can get that off. Yeah. So there you go. So this is what I'm saying, though. Sunny side up. I am down for more egg iterations because I do like now I'm in a jammy egg moment and I'm making them all the time mm-hmm. and I'm eating them all the time. But I will move back towards skitched eggs or whatever else kind of has the, the sway at the moment. You know, it'd be really good Total on holes. those uh, jammy eggs. What? Urfa chili. Oh, a little Urfa chili on the jammy eggs. What? That sounds like a good idea. So that is coming out, I believe, in August. And it's by Waylon Lucas, who is the pastry chef and and Cupcake Wars judge, I guess. I don't know. I'm excited by that. That one looks good to me. The Jamie Oliver veg that's coming out. Like, yeah. I mean, Jamie Oliver, he always does such a good job. Um, and I think having just a vegetable-focused cookbook is a nice idea going into fall. Yeah. Because you still have that end-of-summer bounty. Yeah. And coming into squash and things like that. And, you know, I think that's a good... The Good harvest, right, right, and you know, there's another one called East by Mira Soda, and it's a 120 vegetarian and vegan recipes from Bangalore to Beijing, which I think is if you're looking, also if you're, it's that thing if you're in a rut and you look at broccoli and you're like, I don't know what to do, or if you look at tomatoes mm-hmm. or zucchini and you're over it and you just don't know, definitely think about switching your cuisines and moving to a different country of food, you know. One more, and I know I've mentioned this before, probably last year um, when we talked about cookbooks, but uh, Josh McFadden um, is a well-known chef uh, in New York. Is he still in New York? I, I have no moved. idea. Anyway, um, but six seasons, it's all it's all vegetables. Oh, you love that one. Um, but what's great about it is that because it has that seasonality yeah. that you know you can use it all year round and not just feel like you're stuck with the the fall harvest or the end of summer harvest or you know right. it sort of goes through all of them that's so like you can do you can winter you can yep. think about vegetables as winter and all the rest good yep. good 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 all right so those were a couple august ones in september we are looking forward to a lot of things i think this is a really fun one uh the flower lab uh an at-home guide to milling grains making flour baking and cooking i love this idea this is tammy kimbler all over it don't you think i know our friend tammy who is uh one tomato too um on the blogs she i i just think though an at-home guide to freshly milled grains first of all it'd be fun to learn how to mill your own grains Mm -hmm. i think second of all if even if you don't want to go that far deep the freshly milled grains do have different properties for baking and cooking and you if you buy freshly milled grains from bakersfield flour this may be also a, re- a resource for you to kind of understand a little bit more what to do with right. that. But and some I, of them, you know, they're going to require more moisture and things because they're a hardier yeah. uh, grain and a hardier grind. But something, I mean, people can do something as simple as like oats. You can make oat flour at home, but just put oats, rolled oats in a blender and, and blend it up into blend flour. It up. Like it's it's as easy as that sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I also like, you know, when you're wondering about like, what are the properties of like whole wheat flour does act differently than, mm-hmm. you know, than other flour. So that's kind of the thing that I want to know is like, how is this going to work? Because I don't want to go through making biscuits or making, you know, muffins and then have be like, oh, this didn't translate the same. Right. You know what I mean? That's the bigger thing. That's the set. That's the hardest thing for me. Um, okay. How about this one? Um, <laughs> of course, I love this one the most, I think. The Gaijin Cookbook, Japanese Recipes from a Chef, Father Eater, and Lifelong Outsider. And this is Ivan Orkin. And Ivan Orkin is, of course, this 
you know, New Yorker who went to Japan and just immersed himself and came back and opened Ivan Ramen. And he's sort of known as the ramen expert, you know, the Gaijin ramen expert, which mm-hmm. is just basically white guy. You know what I mean? That's what Gaijin <laughs> is, anybody not Japanese. And it's not a slang. It's just, you know, yeah. it's just a term. Um, but I love the idea that he's, I mean, this is a guy who completely fell in love with the with the cuisine of that country, and and then translates it. and And I think coming from a space of an outsider in is always interesting. I think instead of it always, I mean, I think the authentic homespun stuff is good, but also a perspective of like why this is so great. Well, and I think you have when you have somebody that comes in from an outside culture, like the the tradition is not necessarily there, so they may see a different way to do something that still honors tradition, but as a Perspective. You know, just a, a new yeah. way of doing it. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. I think that is too. I love that. Um, a couple other ones that are coming. Oh my God, you guys, September is just, there's crazy amounts of September. I should almost like, well, I will post this as well. When pies fly, portable pastries from empanadas to strudels, hand pies to knish. That's kind of an interesting looking one. I'm excited by that. Um, Tel Aviv looks good. Which one? Tel Aviv. Oh, isn't that out oh, already? A Middle Eastern. Oh, no, that one's a different one. Okay. That one, there's a lot of Mid-Eastern uh, cooking, I think, after yeah, Otolenghi. Yes, which is Otolenghi is going to, yeah, that's going to be a good one, too. Here's a good one that's coming out. One Pot Feeds, 100 Deliciously Simple One Pot, uh, One Dish Recipes. We always love a One Potter here on the uh, the Weekly Dish. Tell you what. Um, do you guys remember the Silver Spoon? Yes. Uh, they're doing Silver Spoon Classics at Faden, which Faden is a design. Their books are designed beautifully. Um, and so there's a lot of that stuff coming out. Okay, so that was September. October, as we're wrapping up, is um, I think there's a lot of interest. There's a Southern Cookbook by Sean Brock, The Essential Recipes and New Explorations. Butcher and the Beast will be a hot one with Angie uh, Angie Marr. Yes. From uh, B. Yes. Yes, look at this. A lot Mastering of oven. the art of meat. Yes. Oh, my God. Homemade in the oven, from the oven to the table. There's a lot of comfort happening here, people. There's a lot of things that are uh, kind of like looking for, um, I think, definitely pulling out things where, I mean, I think September's like that anyway, but I feel like there's less pushing edges, less and more bringing home. That's what mm-hmm. I'm feeling about this. Mm-hmm. Half-baked harvest, simple, super simple suppers. Um God, so interesting. There's so many great things you guys can... Oh, my God, it's crazy. Okay, so I'm going to put these online for you guys to look at. Um, oh, my God, you guys, wait. The jo- the new Joy of Cooking is coming out. The new edition oh, is in that. November. <sighs> okay, that's we're going to have to do that. We're going to have to do She's that She's Twitter-pated, everybody. I know, I love it. Okay, I'm going to put those online, and we are going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we are going to wrap it up for you. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish.